3: it's all bills all day buffalo bills football monday on the home of the bills wgr sports radio 550 brought to you by northwest bank for what's next get started at northwest.com
4: it's a quarterback draw to allen weaving his way through tacklers and he bowls into the end zone with Osiris Torrance helping him over the goal line for the touchdown. Takes the handoff, looks out to the right, flat passes, tipped up in the air, intercepted by Terrell Bernard. Here's the snap, hold is down, kick is on the way, and it is good. He nailed it. And we are tied at 31. Wow, takes a quarterback keeper to the five and into the end zone for the ball game. A 12-yard touchdown run by Jalen Hurts in overtime.
3: You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550.
5: Chris Brown on the call there on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. I actually said that first line without my mic on. Because that's the kind of morning it is. That's the kind of day it was yesterday. So close, yet so far, right? Little mistakes here and there. They add up. That's what we're talking about today on the Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio with you. Good to be with you on a uh, non-Buffalo victory Monday. Wish we were talking about a victory Monday, of course, here on WGR on the Extra Point Show. A, A gut punch. Another one. A... Devastating, brutal loss for the Buffalo Bills, you know, in a lot of senses. To drop them to six and six, to keep them behind several teams in the playoff race, that's the macro. And then, of course, the micro, how they lost this game, the numbers they put up on offense, and then to still lose this game against the Philadelphia Eagles, to not close out the game, to blow a 10 point fourth quarter lead. The frustration of the officiating. Everything. Coaching decisions. Whatever you want to go to today. It's all on the table as it is every single Monday here on the Extra Point Show on a Buffalo Football Monday presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. By North- Northwest Bank For what's next. Get started at northwest.com. And by Speed Global. Around the corner or around the world. Speed delivers. You could probably tell it in my voice. I'm just, I'm dejected. I'm upset. That was a ultimate high for most of the game and how the offense was playing and putting him in position to win to the ultimate low of walking out of Lincoln Financial Field the same way, with the same feelings we've had all too often over the last couple of years, but especially this year. The Bills are 6-6. Six and six. And let's count the losses in the ways. Special teams return touchdown, blown fourth quarter, 10-point lead against the New York Jets. Overtime, loss, opening week. Too many critical mistakes. You're playing Zach Wilson. Overtime, can't move the ball. Punt return scores. But let's remember, again, had a a 10-point lead, I think the fourth quarter, might have been late third, but had a 10-point lead in that one. Jacksonville Jaguars in London. Lots of injuries. Probably the one game where you go, you know what, they were up against it, going out to London, the decision, all that stuff we've talked about, but even then, too many mistakes. They lose by five points in that one, 25-20. And then, of course, it's New England. The New England Patriots, who can't get out of their own way offensively, who scored over 20 time, twenty points one time this year, just happened to be against the Bills. 29-25, Bills have that game won. Just need to stop. Patriots go down to win the game. Tampa, I'm sorry, Um. then they go Tampa, then they go the Cincinnati Bengals. 18 points scored. Three points allowed in the second half. Have a chance at the end. Can't make a stop to get the ball back. Denver Broncos. By the way, that, Patriot, that uh, Bengals lost by six. Denver Broncos. 24-22. 12 men on the field on the final field goal that was wide and the Bills should have won. In the meantime, even before that, just need to stop them from getting in that range. Can't get it done. And then yesterday, 37-34. Drop pass for a touchdown in the first series. Two penalties. Sack, pa- sack penalty. Back him up. Later in the game, missed field goal. Before that, blocked field goal. And, of course... The defense needing one stop at the end of regulation. The Eagles get into incredibly field goal range with 59 yards. I mean, most kickers, you're not making that kick in that situation, but Elliott did, but he needed a stop. Didn't get it. Get to overtime. Have the lead. Need a stop. Didn't get it. It's the same theme over and over again, it seems like. Three points, two points, six points, four points. Five points, six points, six losses, none by more than six points. This is a pattern that has to somehow, someway stop. And there are a lot of reasons that we can talk about for it. And I know the number one reason that you're going to bring up. Coaching decisions, playing not to lose instead of playing to win. All of these things, absolutely, can be questioned and talked about. And that's why we're here. Critical mistakes. I've said it. I said it going into the game. I said it so many times this week. I actually was, I started earlier this week to go down the road of, and I I never finished the project, but I wanted to find out, and I wanted to look at where Bill's drives have stopped and why throughout this year because they put up amazing numbers on offense all year, and they did in this game. They had over 500 yards of offense. There was a stat, it was an incredible stat that Andrew, uh, I'm sorry, that Ed Werder tweeted out yesterday. In the history of this league, since the merger, in the history of this league, since 1970, since it's been the merger, only 40 times, which is not many, considering the thousands of games played, 40 times has one team... Had over 500 yards of offense, 10 third down conversions, and won the turnover battle. Only 40 times it's ever happened. That's how well the Bills played offensively. One time, one, in those instances, did a team lose. It was yesterday, 39-0 before that. And look, they made mistakes to hurt themselves. But when your offense plays like that, you can usually afford a couple of errors here or there. Because you're still putting up 34 points. Now the defense has to do their job. And they did in the first half. Dominant. Didn't do it in the second half. Three touchdown drives in the second half. Four, I believe, four straight scoring drives. have to look at that. And then, of course, in overtime. The Philadelphia Eagles had 204 yards of offense in the second half. They had 279 yards of offense in the second half plus overtime. Close to 300 yards in three Less than three-quarters of football. Close games. Margin for error. League's hard enough to win. You're not giving yourself a chance to win these games. They gave themselves a chance to win this game. But you're not doing yourself any favors by making critical mistakes and by making decisions that can be second-guessed when it comes time to trying to win the game versus making sure you don't lose the game. And all of those decisions are going to be questioned, and they should. The officiating was a joke yesterday. It was a joke. I am not. I want to be clear. You know this about me. Please don't make it about Sal Capace, one on the radio, and blame the officials. Don't do that. That's not what I'm doing. But the officiating, for me to bring it up, I never I never do. I wrote about it my arrow up, arrow down column. For me to bring up the officiating like that is, you know it's got to be bad because I don't do that. But I will about yesterday. It was a joke. It was brutal. I know that the Bills can't say that as an organization. I can say it here on the radio. And they didn't, they didn't, the Bills hurt themselves a lot. They also had to overcome that part of the game just to even give themselves chances at times. But there's a lot of things on the table here that we could talk about, like I said. 803-0550 is the number to call. 803 803- Oh five fifty. All right, let's uh let's start us off with Brandon in Buffalo. Hi Brandon, go ahead. You're on WGR. Good morning, sir. How are you? Um tough today. Tough today. At least I'm dry right now. Like uh, uh, not I was not yesterday.
6: Yeah, it was uh it was pretty much coming down, man. Um real quick, style, and I just I'm gonna say what I gotta say and then I'm gonna hang yeah, up. You I really wanna get how you feel on this, buddy, because and one thing, a lot of the people was mad at McDermott. They're not getting rid of McDermott. He's here with us for another year. Um, The thing I'm really confused about is the kneeling. Is did McDermott not have enough faith in Josh Allen to see if he can go down and and at least get a field goal or get a score before old time? Or what was he thinking? That's the thing that's really confusing to me, and I'm really trying to understand where –
5: Well, I can tell you what he said after the game, and I can tell you what I think. So what he said after the game was they tried to end the game before they got the ball by calling the timeout, icing the kicker, and basically hoping that he would miss a 59-yard field goal. So that was when they tried to end the game. And then once he kicked it and they made it, then the game gets extended. You get to 20 seconds now. I'm with you, and I'm with a lot of people. 20 seconds is enough time for an all-world quarterback to be able to go about 40 yards to at least give yourself a chance with Tyler Bass who has a big leg. Leg. I figured I think 45 yards is probably a really legitimate shot. You have 20 seconds and you have one timeout, Brandon, right? In that time, you can run at least three plays, and the entire playbook is open to you because you have one timeout. Now, I would say this, Brandon. The reason why he would probably tell you right here is, hey, he didn't want to risk a – A strip sack, a fumble, an interception—because then the game's over. If you do that, so the risk of getting 45 yards, which is maybe probably not likely, versus having something bad happen, is something he didn't want to take. But in my view, you have Josh Allen; you can go 20 yards, and you can go 45 yards in 20 seconds at one timeout, and that's what they should have done.
6: Yeah, that that, really—that really really uh, was—that really burned me right there. That decision really, really burned me because. It's, it's the way of McDermott the way that he thinks and i don't know if he had faith in Josh Allen it's not i don't it. oh
5: i don't i don't think it has anything to do with Josh Allen i think it's simply we don't want a mistake to happen because it could be even a uh who could, i don't know a botched a, a sack a strip sack it could be a, anything could happen right you, you you throw the ball down the field you get intercepted at the 50 yard line because you're trying to make a play i don't think it's a lack of faith in Josh Allen Brandon great call and thank you for the, starting us off this way by the way i think it's just a playing scared to have something bad happen to you. And that's the issue. And that's what a lot of people want to talk about. And Sean said after the game, even like he'll second guess and he'll go back and hindsight is twenty twenty. I think part of the issue also is using the timeout in the manner in which they did before the field goal. It's a 59-yard field goal. I don't think there's a reason to ice them and you, lo- you lose another timeout. Now, if you go with 20 seconds left and have those two timeouts in your pocket, maybe he plays it differently because now you can run, what, eight seconds a play, You at least probably three plays, maybe even five seconds, six seconds, depending on how it goes. I mean, we all saw the Kansas City Chiefs do it to the Bills in 13 seconds. The Bills did it last year themselves against the Lions on Thanksgiving in that same scenario with, I think, 25 seconds left or something like that. So I'm with everybody. And look, I actually don't think they should even have called a play to take a shot I think in that situation, you go a swing pass, you go something to get the ball to James Cook in space to see if you can get 10 15 yards. If you get 10 15 yards on first down, you are in business. If you don't, you can dial it back then and say, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna try and do something crazy here. Let's just go to overtime, but at least maybe on first down you give yourself a chance. The overall, you know, getting there might have been tough, but on first down, you see what you get out of it. Maybe something pops, and then you're in business if it does. Let's go to Kevin in Virginia.
2: Thanks, Sal. Appreciate the call. You've always been very nice. We appreciate everything you're doing for this team and this organization. You've always been on the sideline. in good weather, bad weather, so we really appreciate all the updates. However, I think it's time to turn on the Hallmark Channel, Netflix, find your favorite Christmas special, and start decorating the house. I think this season is officially over, uh, contrary to belief by some others at your station that we are very much alive. Uh, I think the season was over when we lost to Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Russell Wilson. Uh, McDermott is now the Grinch that stole our season. Uh, He's a coach that shrinks in the biggest of moments, and his defense folds faster than the table at a tailgate. Um, I think despite having Josh Allen, we cannot overcome terrible coaching. Um, Can you imagine what this offense would look like if Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid were at the helm? I mean, both of them would have taken a knee with 20 seconds left. Are you kidding me? When you have one of the biggest arms in the league? I'm sure Terry is thrilled knowing Josh has paid a quarter of a billion dollars to Josh Allen to take a knee at the end of that game. Okay? Josh has the biggest bazooka in the league, and McDermott decides to put a governor on a Ferrari. I just don't get it. McDermott needs to be fired. His body of work, count, and his countless coaching blunders can no longer be overlooked. I think the definition of insanity is to keep trying to do the same thing over and over and expecting different results. All right. Uh, lastly, Josh needs an offensive-minded head coach. That's all there is to it. Um, there's continual turnover. Otherwise, uh, you know, the O.C., Joe Brady's doing great, but what's to say he won't be swept up by the next team looking for another coach? All right, Josh is back to square one again, and the revolving door continues. We're wasting his prime years. All right, so I just want to hear what you have to say on all that. Appreciate your time.
5: First of all, thank you, Kevin, for the kind words. Um, I think that you bought a cliche book before you called. That was wild. That's a lot of cliches in one phone call. Um, but, hey, that's what this show is about, giving you the forum. You said despite and contrary to what others at the station think they're very much alive. I think what Jeremy said and what Joe said is they are still alive. They can get in. And if they do, they could run it. I don't think they said very much alive. I don't think anybody believes that. It's it's the math is very, very hard. The season is not over, though, Kevin. I disagree. It is not over. Now, you can say, ostensibly, ostensibly I always get that word wrong, um, okay, because of the way it looks, yeah, it's over. That's really not. I mean, they can still win. They, they just went toe-to-toe with the Eagles yesterday, should have won the game. The season isn't over. I get your point, but you play this thing out. It's professional sports. You don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks, and I will not say very much alive, so I'm in that camp of the people you just, you know, you, you yeah kind of criticize for what they said. Um, that being said, Let's go to, I mean, Kyle Shanahan. Do I want to remind you at least, though, can we at least be fair and say Kyle Shanahan blew it in the Super Bowl with his offense and the way he called games and also, you know, uh, against the – the the, um, the Patriots. But I agree with you. In that situation, he probably would have went for it. Dan Campbell would have went for it. I don't disagree with your larger point about that. They should have done that. So i I don't know if – I don't know if this organization has an appetite for a change of head coach. I still think that that's very, very unlikely – Because my stance is, the way I look at it from my spot, Terry Bagula has a lot of faith and trust in Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. He loves what they built here, and they built up both a lot of goodwill and enough goodwill to ride them through one rough season, which is this what it is, and it still could turn out to be, maybe, they get in the playoffs, but it looks like that's probably not the case. That said, I do think that everything has to be evaluated about why these things keep happening, and... Terry Bagula would be doing a disservice if he just completely dismissed it and said it doesn't matter what Sean McDermott does. It doesn't matter what Brandon Bean does. They're fine next year. That's the way professional sports work. That's not because of McDermott or Bean specifically. In in, in this case, it is. But it's not because, oh, my God, Terry Bagula, you know, needs to take a look at these guys because of what they haven't done in the past and all of the how, – how, how do I say this? I'm doing a bunch of word salad here. What I want to say is, you do this every year. You evaluate everything in your organization. So for Terry Pagula, if he was to say, it doesn't matter what Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean do this year, they built enough goodwill, then that would be disservice on his part to his organization and his fans. I don't think he will do that. I think he will evaluate it. But I think at the end of the day, there is still enough trust, enough goodwill, and enough of what he's seen. That doesn't mean that he's right in in, in, in the decision. But I don't see it happening from here. It could, it could, or you could get to a point where maybe he says, "Hey, Sean, you have to make a change here, change this guy, change that guy." And Sean says, "I'm not doing that." And we've seen parting of ways those kinds of times before. I'm not going to sit here. I don't believe you guys know me. And look, I'm not going to get on the radio today and say, "Fire him, fire him, fire him." That's not me. I don't believe that. I think he's a really good NFL coach. However, I will give space for and I to pretty respect and appreciate anyone who says, "Look." There is a pattern here of all these games, and the common denominator is the head coach and the way he plays them. And I think that's a fair discussion. And if you get to the end and evaluate and say, that's why it's happening, then you have to make a change. So that's where I land on it. I hope that all makes sense. Let's go to Chris in Brooklyn. Hi, Chris.
3: Hey, how are you? Uh, okay, thank you. Rough, rough day yesterday. Yeah. There's,
5: there's
3: blame There's blame to go around, though. Um, you know, Josh Allen threw an interception in Bill's territory led to a touchdown. There was crazy miscommunication between Allen and the receivers at times. Cook, you know, drops that pass, doesn't seem to be running hard, um, you know, running out of bounds I thought was strange. Um, the penalties were crazy. And then, of course, there's there's Sean McDermott, who just was basically coaching, scared. I don't know of any other coach who wouldn't give Josh Allen a chance with 20 seconds left. But I think you sort of made the point, you touched on this earlier on, which is like the Bills should have never been in this position anyway, right? This, we played maybe the best team in the NFL, and we should have come out of this thinking, okay, we can hang with these guys, and potentially we'll see them at the end of the season. And when you don't lose to the Jets, you don't lose to the Broncos, you don't lose to the Patriots, and you know you, you can do that. You can say, hey, look, we lost this one to the Eagles, but like we'll be in the playoffs, and maybe we'll see them in the big one. And with us losing these winnable games... Um, we're not in that situation. And, and, and that's what really, that's what really hurts about this loss. Not that it's not that like the way it happened, but that it shouldn't have mattered mm-hmm. as much as it did. Um, that's that's all I got.
5: Appreciate yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I think he, here, here, look, let's just, let's remember back in 2020. All right, let me go back to that season for a second. I bring this up because you all remember right around the same time of year. It was November 15th that year. They lose the Arizona Cardinals. Stefan catches the touchdown. And then of course we all know the hail Murray, right? <laughs> um Kyler Murray throws the Hail Mary. It's caught by DeAndre Hopkins. 32-30, Bills lose. That was the third loss that year. Earlier in the season, they had lost to the Tennessee Titans, and they had lost to the Kansas City Chiefs on the two games that were moved because of COVID. Anyway, after that game, the Bills were 1-2, 3-4, 5-6, 7. That got them to 7-3. and 3. It was frustrating. It was like, oh, my God, you got two weeks to sit on it. There was a bye week similar to this week. But the difference was they were 7-3. and 3. And you're like, yeah, we can live with that. 7-3. and 3, It sucked. It was an NFC team. Oh, my God, shouldn't have happened. Because they had won other games. They had won a lot of other games. See, that's the difference now in what the caller there is talking about and what I alluded to. This one hurts more because they put themselves in a really tough spot because of all the other games that felt and went very similarly. These close losses. They haven't won enough games. They've won six. They've now lost six. In that situation, you're seven and three, and like, oh, you know what? Now it's like, can you still get the number one seed? Right? I uh, don't know. And then obviously the Bills won the division for the first time that year. They, they were chasing that. That was their first division win. They go to um they go on a big run at the end of the year. But that was the difference then versus now. 803-0550. 550 2550 the number to call. Let's go to Jeff and DePew. Hi, Jeff. You're on the air.
7: Hey. So uh I've got a couple comments. Okay. The referee, in which you've talked about, it's disgusting. I am an official. I am an umpire. I've been up in for 47 years. It would be like me having a ball come right down the middle, call it a ball, which, you know, for a strike three. Six feet away from the referee on a blatant, uh, targeted shirt, I forget what they call it,
5: the horse collar horse collar and intentional grounding on the same play where Gabe Davis was in the area.
7: Right. Okay. Plus other calls, no pass interference calls, no defensive holding calls and we were getting mauled. My second thing is, and I'm bringing back when we played the Washington Redskins in the Super Bowl, Andre Reed went across the middle, got mauled, they showed Coach Levy walking up to the referee and telling him straight out, you were bought.
5: He said, yeah, who paid you guys off? I think I remember that, right? Who paid you off or something? Okay, yeah. and then he
7: never got fined. We never got a flag. So what's that tell you?
5: I don't know what and to tell me.
7: Our... Our... What's it tell you?
5: Yeah. It's a lot. There's a
7: lot of things going on. There's a lot of things. Well, on. I, mean, I know, I, like I know. Look, I. I, 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 last I night, well, Jeff, here's disgusting. the thing.
5: I know. I, I mean, if you're alluding to, you think that they actually were bought off or something, that's a different discussion. I'm not going to go there. I will tell you that uh, there was a stat I saw that was very interesting yesterday. I think Andrew Brandt had it. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Warren Sharp had it. Warren Sharp. Apparently, Sean Hockley, uh, every time he officiates Philadelphia Eagles games, they're 5-0, yeah. and 0, and they basically cover the spread it, yeah. every single time as well. I don't know if they did yesterday because it was 3.5 maybe either way. Um, so there's always things you can look at um, like that that get you a little bit to kind of look sideways, side-eyes. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to say officials were bought off. I just think it was a horribly officiated game. For whatever reason, you want to take it there. I'm not sure, but it certainly didn't help the Bills.
7: No, but, but you know, I mean, the drop passes, you know, okay. But the coach is getting out coached. We're 0 6 in overtime games. He's 0 6. He's getting out coached. Yep. We're not going to go nowhere with this guy. All right, I well, don't care all right. if Pagool loves them or not. We're not going nowhere.
5: I got you. Yeah, I got you. I know. I know. Well, the, the call started off with all the officiating, and then we went to that. We got a lot of calls about Sean McDermott, no doubt about it, and I appreciate it. But I do have to get to a break, and we got a lot more people who want to talk about that and chime in on that. So we'll do that here on, uh, on the Extra Point Show. But thank you very much for the call, and I agree with you. I think the officiating was abysmal yesterday. I don't think it's the reason the Bills lost. They hurt themselves enough. But, man, they had to play against 12 people yesterday. I mean, because that crew counted as one. We'll take a timeout here on the Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio with you on a Buffalo football Monday. We'll get to our electric play, extra point from the sidelines, injury update, red zone stats, sit up, stand out, and hey, buddy, also on the way, but all of your calls at
4: 803-0550. Here's the snap to Allen in the shotgun. Back to pass, steps up. He's got running room in front of him, fakes the throw, cuts it back at the 10, down to the 5. He's into the end zone for the touch.
0: Call from mom. Answer it.
4: Down, Josh Allen, the beast, has been released.
5: Chris Brown on the call for our electric play of the game. It is brought to you by Town Mazda and Town Hyundai. Check out their exciting lineup of EVs at townauto.com. Sal Capaccio with you here on the Extra Point Show. By the way, I forgot to tell you, as I always do on a Monday, because I was so into it right away to just get into it, uh, we are live on the Facebook stream as normal. So if you want to watch on video, say hi. Get out your frustrations, vent there. I, I don't read the comments. Don't say that. Don't don't that doesn't mean you can just say whatever you want to me, pal. All right. No. Uh so but I I see them sometimes, but I I can't really get into them too much or respond to them because I'm doing the radio show. But it's your chance to comment and talk with other fans as well. On our Facebook page, that's Facebook.com slash WGR550. Check that out. We're live right now. We do it every Monday here on the Extra Point Show. On a Buffalo football Monday. Taking more of your phone calls. Uh, we'll get to a lot more in a little while. By the way, Josh Allen, just incredible yesterday, right? I mean, that was Josh's best game of the year, one of his best games as a pro. He only completed like 56, 57% of the passes. He dropped back 51 times, though, in a, a, in rain. I mean, it was wet the whole game, and it was still amazing. The throw to Khalil Shakir down the sidelines, f- fabulous. Just was like kind of zip right past me, and I'm like, oh my God, how did he fit that one in? And then, um, Just a few others he made, and a couple of calls you heard right there. But uh, he was incredible yesterday. Once again, we're talking about a game Josh Allen didn't deserve to lose. The Bills didn't deserve to lose. But they did. 37-34 to the Eagles. Let's go to John in Buffalo. Hi, John. You're on WGR.
3: Hey, Phil. So I just wanted to say, you know, just speaking out loud, like what will it take for McDermott to be fired at this point? I mean, he – He pulls players all the time for making mistakes. You know, he'll
5: fire coordinators. And,
9: you know, he throws
3: his team under the bus, and he faces zero consequences. I mean,
5: this guy... Well, I don't think he throws the team under the bus. Let me just stop you there. We'll get to the other part in a second. I think he's actually very, very good at never doing that. He protects his players. He doesn't do that. He generally never... Throws anyone under the bus. Now, he does make coaching changes. He did this year for the first time in season, but that happens in the league, and many people wanted that to happen. Did you not want it to happen?
3: Sal, so, would you consider not giving Josh Allen those 20 seconds throwing the team under the bus and letting the game go to overtime?
5: Oh, no, I would not. The throwing someone under the bus is when you come out in the media and you throw someone under the bus and say it's that person's fault. That is throwing
3: him under the bus.
5: Okay, well, I guess we have two radically de- different definitions, but go ahead. No, I I, just, I mean, you I would consider that not giving your team a chance to win with 20 seconds left. That's what I would consider it. All
3: right. Well, you know, agree or disagree, but, you know, McDermott, is, you know, he at this point is just a soft chicken. You know, the way that he's pulling his defense so far back and all. John, let me get to your days. first
5: question so we don't go too far off this. I'll, a, I'll I'll answer the question for you since you asked it. What would it take? The answer is it would take Terry Pagula to want to do that. Now, you can call up, and other people can, and I could sit here, and anybody can, and say, this should happen. The question is, what does Terry Pagula think about it? And as I said earlier, and I don't know if you, you caught it, I just don't think he has an appetite for that. Now, it could happen, because these things keep happening and piling on, as you're pointing out, the losses and the chances and the close games, that you know the things like that. The little things about pulling players out of the game, I don't think Terry Pagula is getting into the weeds of all that with Sean McDermott. Sure, it's part of an overall evaluation, but I think it's the close games, the losses, how these things are happening, and they're mounting. However... My opinion is, from where I sit, John, Sean McDermott has built up enough goodwill and trust with Terry Pagula over seven years that he's been here that he won't do that. Now, it doesn't mean he can't, and what it would take, to me, would be them disagreeing maybe on coaching staff changes and things like that. It could get to a point where it could happen, John, but to answer your question, what would it take? It would take Terry Pagula to feel that way.
3: Yeah, I, I still... I. You know, I I just don't know. I've just, you know, we've seen too many of these games as Bills
5: fans, you know. No, I get it. You want it to happen, but your question is what would it take? It's going to take the owner to feel the same way. Yeah, Uh, I
3: I just think it's pure insanity at this point.
5: Okay. Uh, Because he just keeps making these, you know, same mistakes. Yeah. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't think. By the way, I just – my definition of throwing someone under the bus is basically blaming people and throwing them – and then Sean McDermott doesn't do that. He did make a coaching change this year, by the way, which most people wanted. So I think, you know, that was good. You could argue it too long. It took too much time to do that because I think the offense now has had life in it, looked really good the last two weeks, and maybe maybe it was the wrong call in the first place, and that's on Sean, and that's on Brandon, that's on the organization in the first place, and Josh Allen, who endorsed Ken Dorsey. You could also go back to that. Those are organizational decisions that he's a big part of. Um. But if you say not giving your quarterback a chance to win with 20 seconds left, that's not throwing the team under the bus to me. That's playing too conservatively and scared to have something bad happen to you instead of using your all-world quarterback to get 45 yards and 20 seconds at one time out, which I think they should have done. And again, on that situation, to me, throw a swing pass to James Cook, throw something very conservative that can get you maybe some yards. You get 10 15 yards on first down because they're playing prevent, you're in business and we'll see where it goes. Let's go to Kevin in Florida. Hi Kevin.
9: Hey, Sal, I don't envy you at all today. so all right. uh, I'll I'll start, I'll start with that. Hey, uh, one quick question then I got a couple more things. Yeah buddy. I know Josh, uh, I know Josh afterwards in the post game uh, when they asked him, and I forget who it was that asked him about taking the knee. And he said it was the right choice. Do you think that deep down inside he believes that was the right choice? because that that's
5: what it's always tough for me to go there, Kevin. I mean, I don't know. I mean he that's what he said. I can only buy go by the man what the man says. It's like it's like the Stefan Diggs discussion, Kevin, when people say, Well, he says he wants to be here, but he really doesn't. I mean, yeah. then you're just calling him a liar. I don't know. I mean, I it's hard for me to say. It's a it's a loaded question. You know what I mean? Um I look at I, I think all competitors want a chance to win the game. They want the ball in their hands. They want to do that. But At the same time, I think Josh Allen trusts, you know, what's happening around him and the decisions made because, you know, I think he believes in – I do think he trusts and believes in his coaching staff and his head coach. At the same time, I don't know. It's a tough question for me to answer. I really don't know.
9: Yeah, yeah, no. I understand that, and and I totally respect that. Listen, I know a point earlier that you had. I totally agree. Uh, I think McDermott is a good head coach. There's there's absolutely no denying that. But when the same thing happens over and over again, Right. Uh, Obviously, with the 13 second game, everything like that, he just cannot find a way to win the game in these clutch, you know, these clutch situations. Right. I think he coaches to not lose rather than to win. And that's the problem. I don't care what he did in the past. He can take his participation trophy. Thanks for, you know, changing the culture in Buffalo, breaking the drought, doing all that kind of stuff. But I believe that if a quarterback and a head coach, don't win the have never won the Super Bowl past five years, right? In their first five years together, I Look think I Eagles. think that's the stat.
5: Yeah, I think that's right.
9: That's what I thought. Look at the Eagles; they fired Doug Peterson what two or three years after they won the Super Bowl because he wasn't getting the job done. Obviously, he's done great with turning around Jacksonville. There's no denying that. But at some point, I think we need to wake up. I understand the trust Terry has in Sean and Brandon. I, I get all of that stuff and the goodwill. But at some point. Look, he fires the, the defense, you know, the defensive coordinator while Leslie left. But we can take that for what it is, right? At this point, the defense is on Sean. You can't play seven yards off the ball when they need five yards. We need to coach to win the game, and it falls on the defense. Yet another game, Josh Allen did insane things because he's a superstar quarterback, and we still lose the game. For Josh to have to have this coaching staff in his prime years. Is, is absolutely a shame. It is just a shame. There's guys out there that we can go get. I'm sure we need to get, and I don't like this guy whatsoever, Jim Harbaugh, right? If Jim Harbaugh can do what he did with Colin Kaepernick, who I don't know anybody that could say Colin Kaepernick is a better quarterback than Josh Allen, let's, let's see what's going on with him, right? How about Eric the Enemy? Why not go grab him if Ron Rivera doesn't get fired? How about Ben Johnson in Detroit? Look at what he's done there, right? I just don't understand it. We need to give Josh an offensive coordinator as a head coach and not a defensive coordinator and somebody that's willing to give Josh, you know, the ball. And, and, and one last thing here. Do we think that the kneel uh, the with the 20 seconds was – or I'm sorry, let me go back. Do we think that the timeout, even though Sean loves to ice kickers, which the kickers in the NFL are making a bunch of money anyway, so I don't really think that works – but did he have PTSD back to the Broncos game when we didn't know how to count to eleven?
5: Uh it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I, I think uh, Bernard was out there counting the guys to make sure everybody was on. I was watching that. I think it was him. Um, it's a good question. It's been brought up this time, uh, Kevin. I'm gonna good, good stuff. Good thoughts. I appreciate you and the kind words. And Kevin, don't ever feel bad or sorry or envious of me. I have the I have the best job, buddy. I get to talk to people like you for a living about sports. It's all good, man. Thanks. I appreciate you. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. Yeah. Don't ever. I mean, I was wet yesterday, but I'm still on NFL sideline living my dream. So don't ever feel bad or sorry for me. I'll never do that for myself. It's, it's tough on a day like today, but I'm here for you. And, you know, we can agree or disagree. And that's what we do on a Monday. Good calls so far, really good calls. And I know, I mean, Sean is really under fire from a lot of you. And I think in a lot of ways deservedly. So I do think it gets lost in the weeds. A lot of the really, really great things he's done for this organization, but at some point you do also look and say, look, these things keep happening. Why do they keep happening? There has to be questions about that. What I fear, what I fear is that this team, this group of players, is kind of bonded together by these losses and they keep happening. And they haven't had one of these wins. Of all these games, of all these games, they've had these close games, end of the game, one score games. They haven't come out on top on one of them. And it's almost like a fate accompli, which is when you're in that situation, you almost expect to lose, and you don't do the things to make sure you ensure the win. The last time that happened was Kansas City last year, regular season, I guess. They did that. Bob Miller, really nice play. Taron Johnson makes the makes the interception. But then it becomes a mental thing. It's very similar to when you are always in tight games and win, and you think no one can stop us. It doesn't matter the situation. We're going to win. And that's what people talk about with the Eagles. All the last – this whole week, it's all I heard about the Eagles – they just find ways to win. They just find ways to win. They're down. They come back. They find ways to win. And it just seems like the Bills are finding ways to lose at the end. And that becomes something that gets attached to you as a coach, as a player, as an organization. And you, But you need to have at least one where you finally say, hey, look, we did this. We can draw on that. They don't have that. They're 0-6 for their last six in overtime games, including two in the playoffs, despite having the ball first in this particular one, despite having the ball first against the New York Jets. We all know what happened to Kansas City. They didn't have the ball first. They wind up losing. The overtime rules get changed. It's still the same result. So yes, there's going to be a lot of those questions. Those things have to be asked. And I'm just here to tell you that I don't think even by asking them that Terry Pagula would make a move on Sean McDermott because I think that he believes that Sean is still a really good coach and the right guy for the job. Doesn't mean there can't be changes. Doesn't mean there are things that can't be tweaked. That might not be what you want to hear. And you know what? He could do it. I mean, anybody. it is the NFL. Heck, Frank Wright got fired today after not even a year. That's a very impatient owner. There was the whole thing with quarterbacks and him calling out the owner. There's a lot of stuff that went on there, right? But it happens. It's the NFL. So nothing would ever shock me. Nothing would ever completely stun me if something like that were to happen especially when you have conversations about how to go forward, if you have disagreements about that. But I'm just telling you from where I sit again, guy called up earlier, So what would it take? It would take the owner to believe that, you know, one year of a rough year is enough, and I'm going to move on after all the success, yet no Super Bowl, no championship, no, no conference championship, but success that they've had with him. And this is an owner that took over and suddenly had Doug Marone opt out and then had Rex Ryan for two years. Look what has happened since then with this coach. So think and put yourself in Terry Pagula's spot and say, look, I don't want to go back to that. And you could say, hey, that's the wrong way to think. That's, That's, you know, owning scared instead of coaching scared. But I get that sentiment in a lot of ways. It was 20 years of no playoffs. And I get having a fear of that. On top of the fact that they just gave him a contract extension, you don't want to be paying, you know, three more years in. That shouldn't be the determining factor, but it always is something to consider, I guess, especially when you have a new stadium come in and those kinds of things. All of this stuff has to be baked in. All of it. That's why I just think that it's not as simple as just saying, He made this bad call, he made this bad decision, kneel down it, go fire him. It's not that simple. It might be for you as a fan, I understand, and you're frustrated today. 803-0550, we'll take a timeout. Good stuff today here in the Extra Point Show. Glad to be along with you. Glad to be talking with you through it. Sal Capaccio on WGR. All right, listen up now. Be caller five. Caller five. What's the number here? Do we even, do you, have the, you didn't give me the number here. What's the number? Contest line. Hold on. What's the contest line number? I got it. Uh, here we go. Is that the top one there I'm reading? Okay. The 221 run, right? There we Okay. Here it is. Sorry, folks. I want to make sure I get this right. Caller five at 716 221 4WGR. 716 221 4947. Why? Because you can win a Miller Lite and Buffalo Bills ugly Christmas sweater with matching winter hat. It's courtesy of Miller Lite. I love it. Miller Light, proud partner of the Buffalo Bills. It's Miller time. You got to be 21 years or older to win, by the way. All right, come on now. 716 221 4WGR. That's 4947. 221 4947. Caller number five. Miller Light and Buffalo Bills, ugly Christmas sweater with matching winter hat, courtesy of Miller Light. Miller Lite, proud partner of the Buffalo Bills. It's Miller time. Must be 21 years or older to win. Let's get connected with our fans. We've been getting connected with our fans anyway throughout this entire day. It is always brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Responding to my earlier sentiment, Frank tweets me in at Sal Sports. Frank says, Sal, it is that simple. He, the coach, hasn't done anything. Time to go. It's very much that simple. As I said it's not that simple. Frank, it's simple for you. Simple for you. I'm just telling you from the owner's perspective, it's not. But Frank, I appreciate you. Thanks for the Twitter uh, engagement, at Sal Sports, of course, on Twitter. I still call it Twitter, and I don't think I'll ever stop calling it Twitter, by the way, even though it's X. All right. what do we got to do here? We got to go to Billy. Let's go Billy. Billy in Toronto. What's up, Billy? How you doing, Sal? Listen. Hey, buddy.
0: Uh, you
5: know, I, I don't have a problem with this, Coach.
0: I, I mean, I, I get it that we're not getting the job done, but, I mean, as the, uh, the earlier caller said, you know, taking and pulling guys out. I mean, we got a first baseman up here in Toronto that should be yanked about about three or four times a week, and our manager doesn't do it. I like a coach that is tough on players that that don't get the job done, and I don't think that's throwing anybody under the bus. Here's the problem that I have in 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 the, in the game, and I I think it happened when we went down and took the lead. One thing that I've criticized Buffalo about, and I mean I love Josh Allen as much as anybody else in this league, but when we're going down to to, to score that touch uh, touchdown to give us the uh, three point lead. I kept saying to Josh, I kept saying to the TV, Josh, slow it down. You're running the clock. You're running your next play with 15 seconds left on the clock. 10 seconds left on the clock. Run it down to three or two. I mean, how many times did we see Tom Brady take the ball down at the end of the half or at the end of the game? And he was either scoring to win the game. You weren't coming back with the ball because he would run it out. I thought that we could have. I thought that if we gotta take a little bit more time off the clock. I mean, I know in that time you're desperate and you want to score any way you can, and you should be able to re- rely on your defense to not come back down and score. But, I mean, too many times. Too Are many you time
5: talking off about off the end of regulation? regulation? Are you talking about the end of regulation?
0: The end of, yeah, the end of regulation. Okay, hold
5: on, hold on. I want to walk through this because I, I understand what you're saying. You want to do that, but you also want to score. And if you don't score, you have to make sure you also, you have your three timeouts to get the ball back. I get it. But it's not like you're kicking a field goal. You got to get a touchdown. To me, you get the touchdown if you can get the touchdown, you get it. Like, I, so I don't think you just wind the clock down. The other thing I'll say though is, Philadelphia—they call the timeout after the two-minute warning after the first play. I mean, there was two minutes left. Bills had at the Philadelphia nine-yard line. James Cook goes down for two yards. Philly calls timeout, so you can't do anything there. There's a minute and fifty-five left. Okay, so now you're faced with what you're saying is—I mean, they scored in the next play. I'm fine with that to be honest with you. Score. You got to score a touchdown, Billy.
0: I, I, I get it. I, I get it, what you're saying. But it was only first down. Maybe you run... Listen, I think the Buffalo Bills can score on anybody in football anytime time they want. I really... I really I, really well, I don't know. It with, was not... For,
5: they scored on third down.
0: Still, I'm talking about the plays that move the ball down the field. You okay. were snapping the ball with 50... If you let it run an extra 15 seconds... And then another 15 seconds, and then it's a I get it.
5: I understand time. your point. Look, in the overall way, the, the ideal scenario is to score with no time left on the clock. I'm just telling you, you need a touchdown. I don't care. Just get it any way you can, whenever you can. Because if you play around and you don't get it, we're all sitting here today, and you're calling me and telling me how stupid they were for that, I think. No, I, I don't think I would have. Because, okay. Well, you know, I, I would. I would tell you that that was dumb. You just get the touchdown. It's not like a field goal where you kneel it out at the end and let the clock run and get the field goal and walk it off, which is you got to get a touchdown there. You know what I mean? So I understand your point. Also, by the way, you couldn't do – I just want to point out, again, the flaw in your argument, Billy, is this, too. They had the two-minute warning. The clock was going to run down anyway. It's going to stop automatically. So, yeah, I don't know. Even, like, it doesn't matter if they snap it with 15 seconds or 10 seconds. It's going to stop after the next play. Right.
0: I'm talking about the whole drive in general. Okay. start to finish, you put – you could have knocked off well a- they
5: ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball and they put they still took up uh, you know what the time was they took up five minutes and 14 yeah. seconds off the clock I, I just think that was a nice drive and I, and I think you got to score and they did yeah so sorry yeah. I disagree yeah. with you Billy I, I I disagree I don't think that's something to complain I appreciate you I I get the ideal scenario you want I just think that that's not something I would complain about today on top of everything else that I think there is to complain about Stephen Virginia uh sorry I'm gonna take this call I know we got to get to a break sorry Steve but go ahead you're up
7: Oh uh, no problem. Hey, were you able to get that roast pork sandwich?
5: No, I mean we weren't there long enough. Sorry. I had uh I, I was out went out to dinner with Eric Wood and some people on Saturday night, and then uh Sunday had to get to the stadium early, do TV and then radio. So we don't have much time to be able to do those things.
8: Uh no problem. Sorry though, thank
5: you for the suggestion.
0: No no problem. Uh, initially I was gonna call about uh McDermott, but uh everyone else I think already hit my points. Just wanted to ask about Josh, because I noticed um in previous games um that when he tried to do a Hail Mary, like at the end, it seemed like it fell short of the end zone. Um, do you think there's something still going on with the shoulder where he still can't throw, like, 75, 80 yards?
5: No, I do not. I mean, he has on the injury report, but by the way, 75, 80 yards, Woo! I mean, that's something to ask. I mean, the Hail Mary against um, uh, the last game that the Jets, that I believe that ball slipped out of his hands, by the way. I think that's why that happened. Um. Okay. I didn't see anything. I mean, I don't know. Did you watch him play yesterday? He was zipping balls all day yesterday.
1: Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I
5: mean, I, I, he definitely was. I mean, he They're not like, throwing uh, a Hail Mary from the 20-yard line. Yeah.
0: No, no, I, I agree. Just I was like, yeah, I was like, is Can he still throw as deep as he used to? Yes. Remember, he had a shoulder injury, so... No, he's... You
5: know, he's just... Yeah, I, I mean, nothing I've seen that has shown that he can't do that. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the zip on the ball is what tells me. Now, he hasn't gone super deep on a ball in a little while, but the zip on the ball tells me there shouldn't be an issue there. Okay. All right. All right, Steve, thanks a lot. They're not going to throw a Hail Mary from the 20-yard line. 75, 80 yards? I mean, he's done that, I think, but that's a that's a hell of a throw to ask for. Hail Mary, usually you want to get to, you know, Josh can do 60, 65 yards... And again, maybe you get out one play, you get out to there, and you can do something like that. We'll take a timeout. We're late to the break. Um, when we come back, we'll do a lot more here. we got to still get to the extra point from the sidelines, red zone, injury update, and all of your phone calls here on the Extra Point Show. Good Monday to start off. Sorry it was under these circumstances today. wish it was a Buffalo Victory Monday, but instead it's a Buffalo Football Monday here in WGR.
8: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one.